0: Welcome to the JWRP Momentum Talks. Join us now for a journey into Jewish wisdom and inspiration. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Well, for most of you listening to this, you have just had one of the greatest experiences of your life. You, were, you had the merit to go to Israel To see and fall in love with the land, to have special experiences, the the lady naming on top of Masada, going to the soldiers uh, on their base, thanking them, giving them gifts. We had Shabbat together in the old city of Jerusalem. You experienced a sisterhood. You were in classes learning wisdom that touched you deeply and inspired you. The only bad thing about this trip is you can't explain it. You're going to go back and you're going to be so over the top, flowing over, wanting to share the profound experience of the momentum trip. People are going to ask you, So, how was it? And you're going to go, Oh, it was amazing. And they're going to go, that's good. You go, no, 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 it, but it, was, it wasn't just amazing. It was unbelievable. It was fantastic. It was-. And then they're going to ask you, how was the weather? And you're going to say, the weather? Oh, there was weather, but that was pretty minor compared to this life-changing experience. So many of you have told me, except for having children, this was the greatest experience of my life. No one ever says, except for getting married, but except for having children, this was the greatest experience of your life. How do you? How can you explain it? You can't. And if you try, and you really try to express the the emotion of it, the the life shift that you had, uh, you can freak people out. You, especially the people who live in your house. You'll come back and like some of you are already on the trip or calling your husband and telling him all these things and he's like, whoa, what's going on there? So when you go back, first of all, you have to know that that's one of the reasons we don't take individuals. We don't take a woman. If a woman calls me up and she's, hi, I'm from, I live in Austin and my sister and I saw this on Facebook and we want to go. I have to tell her, I'm sorry, you can't go. Because we don't have a group, a partnering organization in Austin yet. We take women in groups. You came with women from your community. And now you know why. Because now you're back. And you need somebody to understand what you went through. You can call each other up. You can meet for coffee. You can get together in classes and in programs. And you, you understand because you shared it. The other people in your life have not. So go easy on them. Just, uh, you know, take it slow. Show them pictures. Talk about the weather. Talk about the sights. They're not going to understand, really, the experience that you had. But slowly, slowly, you can bring it in. Slowly, slowly, you can bring in how meaningful it was. Start putting into practice some of the the, the traditions, the the whether it is what's going to happen on Friday night, and some of the wisdom when it has to do with parenting. You're going to continue your learning, and you're going to build on what you were given in Israel. But go slow with the people around you. I grew up in Toronto, and, uh, and I was about to say many years ago, yes, many years ago, I grew up in Toronto, and I was one of those, you know, you go to synagogue twice a year Jews, and uh, there was, there was uh, you know, going at the high holidays, it was almost like Simon Says. My goal was not to be standing when they're sitting and not to be sitting where they're standing. But that's not what prayer is. You should understand why you're standing. My brother's bar mitzvahs were more bar than mitzvah. Get it? Maybe you had a similar experience. It wasn't until my early 20s that things started to change. Why? I went to Israel. I went on a program called the Jerusalem Fellowships. Long before there was birthright, long before there was taglit, There was a program called the Jerusalem Fellowships that I went on. It was a six-week study and tour program in Israel. Now, I wasn't supposed to be on that program. Uh, It was somebody I met. uh, It was like all these random, in quotes, experiences, coincidences. And now we know there are no coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. That I ended up on this program. And I have to tell you, it was a game changer for me. It really was. It was a game changer. I really um, was so moved and so touched by what I saw and what I heard that I decided, after the program, to stay, not to go back. Can you imagine? I was working in advertising uh, for McDonald's restaurants, future Robinson. Uh and I, I was working in in marketing and, and communications and, and and PR for McDonald's restaurants in Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada, and I decided uh, not to go back. I decided I had I I really had so many questions. Now, how many of you, if you didn't have children to go back to, how many of you would have stayed in Israel to learn more, to do more, to experience more, to Follow, follow your journey to the source, because that's what I felt. I felt, you know what? If I go back to Toronto, um, I'll take classes, and I'll get involved. But no, 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 no. I My life at that point, I was given a gift. I was not married yet. I did not have children. I did not have a mortgage. I really had the freedom that I could make some bold choices, and I did. I decided it was not an easy decision at the end of that six weeks to stay because I had a lot more questions. I had a lot of things I needed to work out. I was not one of those, yes, rabbi, whatever you say, kind of students. I was I was, a little bit rebellious and uh, had a little bit of attitude, and I needed to work these things out. Is there a God? Did God give the Torah at Mount Sinai? If he did, what does that mean in my life? Like, what? where do I fit in this Jewish world? My parents... Um, they, you know, I went to public school. I didn't go to Jewish day school. I went to public school. My parents gave us as much as their parents gave them and a little bit less because, as you see, it starts getting watered down generation to generation. My grandparents, on one side, my mother's parents came from Russia. My father's parents came from Poland. They spoke with accents. They talked about the old country. When I was a little girl, I thought the old country meant people, a country full of, full of old people, <laughs> but that's where they came from. They brought some traditions with them, but you see what happens. They were the—they uh, were fleeing persecution, and that's what it meant to be a Jew. And now my parents were growing up in Canada, and they had questions about their Judaism too, but their parents didn't have a lot of answers. And it was a lot more fun on Friday night to go to a movie than to stay home and have a Shabbat meal. So with no answers... And going to public school and seeing that it's a lot more fun to do what everybody else is doing, you see how things can start slipping away. I knew that somewhere in between what my parents gave me and somewhere where my sister was, because my sister had become observant. My sister in high school, like it was like one minute it seemed like it was a Rocky Horror Picture Show, and the next minute it was Shabbat. But there was a journey that she had, but that's what it seemed like. At the beginning, we were a little bit nervous when she started getting into Judaism. I was like, for at the beginning, we thought, oh, no, she's in a cult. But it's a 3,500-year-old cult called Judaism that two-thirds of the world's religions have sprung from. So at the beginning, we thought it was a cult. We thought, well, at least it's a Jewish cult. At least she's not handing out flowers on in airports. And then, uh, actually, before we thought it was a cult, <laughs> the first stage actually is... Uh, or maybe it's a phase. It's just a phase. Rock your picture show, oh, Shabbat, tomorrow it'll be something else. But then we got worried and we thought it was a cult. And uh, and then it was kind of like, okay, nice for you, not for me. Nice for you, not for me. But it wasn't a phase. It didn't go away. And though still it was her life and uh, and not mine. And I have to tell you, this uh, the first time I ever kept a Shabbat, was my sister had set up this whole thing. I had decided I'm going off through Europe, and I'm going to go, you know, uh, after I graduated college, and I'm going to do that backpacking in Europe thing. So before I went off, I said to my sister, you know, let's spend some time together. Now, my sister by this time had already gone to Israel, had come back, and had become much more observant. And every Shabbat, she would go off to the very Jewish area of Toronto on Bathurst Street to some place and then come back after Shabbat was over. So she said, "If you really want to, if you really loved me, you would spend time with me on Shabbat. Like, come with me and spend a Shabbat with me." I go, Miriam, I'm not spending Shabbat with you. She goes, "If you really loved me, you would." So she guilted me into it, and I said, "Fine, fine, fine. I'll spend Shabbat with you." So this was my first Shabbat. You ready? My first Shabbat. My first Shabbat. Uh, she had set this whole thing up uh, with all these, like there was a Shabbaton going on, and all these speakers and rabbis were there. We go to the very Jewish part of Toronto, and she chose a family. Uh, that to that we were going to stay with, uh, where the woman of the house was a professional because I was very into my career, I was very you know on that track. So she thought, oh, this would be good if I met an observant woman who was a professional. So I remember talking to this woman and meeting her, and about three minutes into the conversation, in my head I was like, I don't relate to her. Okay, I don't have to be observant. So, which was very judgmental of me. It's like meeting somebody, I don't know, of any ethnic origin, and wh- whoever they are and what they do, oh, that's the way those people are. My memories of that Shabbat were, they ate all the time, okay? There was so much food all the time, which wasn't I wasn't so into. And I was really feeling very claustrophobic. So, we did a whole Friday night thing, and I remember, oh, it so, was so interesting, Uh, I remember asking questions to the rabbi, not because I wanted the answers, because I had attitude. I had like A for attitude. I was like, yeah, what about this? What about that? And at one point, I asked him a question. He goes, that's a good question. I don't know, but I'll look into it and get back to you. And I remember I was really taken aback. Like, what? You're a rabbi. You're supposed to know everything. (laughs) Because twice a year, we went to a synagogue, and the rabbi was up on the stage, right? Like farther away from us, closer to God. and, And if you ever asked him a question, he'd have an answer even though you would never ask him a question. And here's this rabbi, he's a real person. And he said, I don't know. Good question. I'll get back to you. So that was, I filed that away. But by the next day, I was like, I was like I'm was done, okay? And I said to my sister, I said, Miriam, um, nice for you, not for me. I'm leaving. She goes, but, but, but Shabbat is not over yet. I said, Miriam, nice for you, not for me. And I'm packing up my stuff. And she's trying to convince me to stay. And we're in a very religious part of, of Toronto. And I'm packing my stuff, going to the driveway with my sister trying to convince me to stay, getting into my car, and driving away on Shabbat. And as I'm pulling out of the driveway, she's literally like, like beside the car with me with a window down trying to convince me. I'm like, Miriam, read my lips. Nice for you, not for me. And I drove away. And I felt like I had escaped from prison. And that was my first Shabbat. But it wasn't until later... When I traveled through Europe and I had gone to Israel and I had been at the Western Wall on Friday night at the hotel, and singing, thousands of people singing and dancing and bringing in Shabbat and feeling Shabbat in the air and realizing that all of this has something to do with God. And that was really my opening to asking questions and trying to see where do I fit. Somewhere between my parents and my sister was me. And I didn't know where that was. So I decided to stay after that six-week program to figure out where do I fit in this. And I started meeting doctors and lawyers and dancers and writers and women who are incredible, intelligent, dynamic, accomplished women who a lot of them were on their journey and chose to connect more to their Judaism and to commit more to an observant life. And I was like, whoa, can I tell you? Today, my sister and her f- family there's in my family there are three observant women: my sister, myself, and my brother's wife my sister in law. We are all very different because later on my brother and his wife also became observant, so the out of four kids three of us did so the the um, we're all very different. We look different. We live in different places. My sister lives in Muncie. My brother lives in Israel. I live in the Washington D.C. area. We vote differently. We marry different people. We dress differently. We look to different communities and leaders of the community in a different. You know, in, we we align ourselves with different communities, but we all keep kosher. We all keep Shabbat. We all go to the mikvah, because being an observant woman is not this narrow little little alley. It's this wide expressway. It's this huge gamut of, of, of spectrum. We send our kids to very different schools, and we're very different people, but we all share core values of God and Torah and Israel and the Jewish people and the destiny and our heritage and 3,500 years of, 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 of unbelievable uh, of, of Jewish, Jewish uh, contribution to civilization that changed the world for all time. And we're that generation that it either stops with us or continues with us. And I had to figure out where I fit. And it took me time. I started an aerobics business while I was there because I had gave up my job. So I had to make money, and I, I didn't have the language. So I started working out with people, and I started training people to work for me. And suddenly I'm in the aerobics business, and I'm learning, I'm growing, and I found my place. Can I tell you, I still don't relate to my sister and her life in Muncie, and, but I, I I respect it. But it's not for me. I have a very, chose a very different way to express my Judaism. But again, we, we all keep the Shabbat and we all keep kosher and we all observe the laws of mikvah. And that really are those are the three pillars, the tripod that really holds up a Jewish community and a Jewish family. So you gotta be you. You all have to have your own journey, no matter where it leads you. It, and it's not all or nothing. It's not like, unless I keep all of Shabbat, I shouldn't do any of it. No, mark Shabbat. Do, 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 the, make Kiddush, light candles, even if you're going to go to a movie afterwards. God does not look down and wipe out all the mitzvahs you did because you got into the car. No, everything counts. Everything counts. You, as the Jewish mother, you're, you're leading your kids. You're leading your family somewhere. Where are you leading them to? Everybody always says, I want more for my kids, right? Everybody, every, the next generation, you want more for them. But usually they mean more education, more money, more success. You should want more Judaism too because if they don't have more, they have less. There's no such thing as staying the same. Woody Allen said, life is like a shark unless you're moving your dead. Life is movement. Either you're going up the ladder in every aspect of your life or you're going down. There's no such thing as just hanging out and staying the same. If you think you are, in any aspect of your life, you're really slipping back. So you want more for your kids. So I hope that this trip has opened up doors for you, has has pointed you in the right direction, because the choices you make for your kids are not just for now. These are choices that literally will impact generations that will come from you. The school you pick for your kids is not who your kids will be. It's who your grandchildren will be because you're really putting them in a social world and teaching, putting them in a a place where they're teaching certain values, and those values are going to affect their choices. So the values in your home should be loud and clear. And ideally, you want to also choose schools and choose a social group who reinforces, reinforces those values. But your kids live in a big, wide world, and you hope you give them unbelievable clarity and courage and strength and a foundation that they can go out there and make good choices. What do you do now? You're bringing it home. The people around you are not going to understand unless they're the, your, your JWRP sisters. So how can you take this incredible experience and concretize it? Put it into your life in a way that you don't lose the inspiration, that it continues. So we're going to suggest the acronym ISRAEL. You, uh, the handout we gave, we gave you a handout, but I'm going to review it. What does it mean? Because, again, Judaism is very practical. You have to take inspiration and take clarity and put it into action. So the first of, uh, if we break down Israel, I-S-R-A-E-L, the I stands for Israel. We showed you in the incredible land, the history, the both, both the, the, historic, the historical aspect of it, the biblical aspect of it, and in modern day. And you met Israelis, and we hopefully shared with you some advocacy skills to stand up for Israel. So I want you to ask yourself, how can you support Israel now? Right? How can you support Israel when you go home? Now that you're back in your, your home uh, community, what can you do? The S of our acronym of Israel is STEPS, and I'm going to add baby STEPS. Pick something small and do it. Choose a mitzvah that maybe we talked about on on or you experienced on the trip. Perhaps it's lighting Shabbat candles, perhaps it's refraining from gossip, and commit to it. And choose a partner, maybe another JWRP sister, and help each other commit to it. R of Israel's is relationships. So much of the wisdom we taught you was about marriage and children and important relationships. So ask yourself, how can you grow your relationships? Pick one inside relationship, marriage, kids, and parents, and choose one outside relationship, friends, colleagues, neighbors, and commit to nurturing and improving it. A is advocacy. Take responsibility for your community, school, or city organization the organization that brought you. How can you contribute to these organizations that are important to you? E of Israel is each other. How can we make sure that we support each other during good times and bad? What can you do to help friends, family, community, and Jews across the world in difficult circumstances? And L, learning. If you're not learning, you're not growing. We gave you the tip of the iceberg. You're blown away by the wisdom we shared with you. There is so much more. Go back and learn. Make Jewish learning a priority. How can you continue to learn more about your Jewish heritage and the incredible wisdom of the Torah? First of all, click, click, click. We're living in incredible times. Just Google around. these unbelievable sites and wisdom that can pour in from that computer incredible. But you came with an organization that we have shared with them a follow-up curriculum that speaks to some of the the most important things you want to continue to learn about and to bring into your lives. So please take advantage of that. They're not only the organization that brought you, there are many organizations back uh, in your home city. And if you belong to a, a synagogue and they're not giving you those, um, the inspiration and the classes for adults and children that you desire, go to them, ask them to do more, tell them about your experience, but seek out wisdom online, in, in your home, in your community, and keep learning. If you're learning, you're growing. The a Jew is growing and learning until their last breath. We hope and pray that we gave you something so special on this trip. The Almighty gave you a gift. And as we said on the first day, it was something that somehow you merited it. It's no coincidence that some, you did something. The Almighty said, this is your year. And don't beat yourself up. Oh, if only I would have known this years ago. I would have made different decisions. Everything is Bashaa tova. Everything is in the right time. You came to Israel at exactly the right time. This is when you were supposed to experience it and hear it and, and fall in love with it. If you were supposed to do it 10 years ago, it would have happened 10 years ago. Everything is in the right time. You chose, in terms of the decisions you've made in your marriage and, your, and, your, and raising your children, perhaps you'll make different decisions now, now that you know more. We can only do as much as we know. But now is the time you were supposed to learn it. And it's never too late. Don't think things can't be improved, things can't be undone. You can go back to that kid that you've been messing up with and you can put it straight. And you, and again, seek out more. We gave you uh, a lot of wisdom and a lot to think about and a lot to put into action, but there really is more. So don't get down on yourself and know that parenting marriage, and the path towards your potential, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Sometimes it's three steps forward and two steps back, but at least you're up a step. I'll just end with a story that uh, this happened to me uh, a few years ago. My oldest was, I don't know, she's now in her mid-20s, so back then she was probably, I don't know, maybe like, 10 years old, 9, 10 years old, and I was in New York, and I was at a conference for a Rebbitson Robinson conference, and I brought my daughter with me to New York, and I wanted to go visit my sister, who, as I said, lives in Muncie, which is about, you know, almost an hour outside of New York City, I would say, and I, uh, back then, I couldn't afford to rent a car, and uh, and there were very limited bus service to get there. So I was trying to figure out how to get out there. So one of the other Rabbitzins, Rabbi's wives, who was there, said, Oh, I live in the same city, Muncie, and her husband works in New York City. So she goes, Let me I'll get a ride home with my husband. You take my car and you go visit your sister and um, and then went on the way home, we'll we'll pick I'll pick up my car. Great. So back then, there was no uh, GPS, and there was no MapQuest, and there was no Google, Google Maps. So she actually wrote out the directions. And I'll never forget the first direction she wrote on the page. She wrote, the car is facing the way you want to go. And then she wrote out the rest of the directions. So my daughter and I laughed. We laughed. It was like such a, and it really stayed with us. The car is facing the way you want to go. Later on, I remember at one point, she was going through a little bit of a struggle and she was heading to Israel and I wrote her a plane letter, a letter that you open up on the plane. And, when, and the first thing I said in the letter was, the plane is facing the way you want to go. So I think the number one thing that we gave you on this trip is we helped you face the way you want to go in your marriage, in your parenting, in your Judaism, in your connection to Israel in your commitment to take responsibility in your community, you're facing the way you want to go. We're here to help you. We're here to be a resource. Your fellow JWRP sisters are there to support you. Go slow with the family and friends around you. Try to connect them to learning, to classes, to the community, to the organization who who brought you. Encourage them to go to Israel. Get your, if you're married, get your husband on the, the men's trip. Send your kids on the incredible amount of programs that are available. If you're wondering which one is best, please contact us. We're, we're here to help you. But you're the lead because you're the mother. And you light Shabbat candles. You bring light into your home. Light is not just light. Light is clarity. Light. You're going to light up the life of everybody around you And you're going to pave the way, hopefully, so that they also are facing the way that they want to go and they need to go. We love you. We care about you. Stay in touch with us. Go easy when you go home. And ask the Almighty to help you every step of the way. Thank you for listening to the JWRP Momentum Talks. We hope that you have been inspired as you continue on your Jewish journey. Visit us online at jwrp.org.